Hello, Neil here, with the fourth episode of Short Stories for Stressed Grown-Ups. I'm keeping with the outdoor theme this week. Nature offers so many opportunities to recharge, but it's not always easy to get out and enjoy it, especially at this time of year. So I'll be bringing nature, or at least a sense of it, to you. This way, you'll have no muddy boots to worry about. Remember to subscribe to get a brand new story written just for you, read to you every week. Whether you listen to help you relax after a hard day or to help you drift off to sleep. Okay, just before we start, take a moment to get yourself comfortable. Good. Now close your eyes and take a couple of deep breaths. In and out. In and out. Now, let's begin. Today's story is called Peak. She had the boots, the waterproofs, and everything she needed to reach the top. But, as Edith stood right down at the bottom, her head tilted at an impossible angle in the shadow of that snow-dusted peak. She wondered if she had the legs. She used to. She'd think nothing of walking a couple of miles into the village to buy milk, a newspaper, and pick up a couple of pork chops for Jack's lunch. But increasingly, her days consisted of sitting staring at a TV screen, with the occasional big trip to the kitchen, to put the kettle on. His chair, with the imprint of him embedded in it, sat opposite her. When she tuned in to watch her dancing programmes, she could still hear his voice echoing around the room. Load of bloody rubbish, he'd say. But when she shot him a disapproving stare, he'd be smiling at her with mischievous eyes. He was the reason she was here. She'd talked about it for years, and the night before he'd left on his journey, he made a promise to come here and make it to the top. Well, she said, as she continued to size up the task ahead, if there is such a thing as heaven, I'll be closer to you when I get there. She heard his disapproving grumble and was tempted to look over her shoulder for a moment before drawing in a deep breath of the cool spring morning air and taking her first step. She was breathless within minutes, but totally distracted as, with each step, she climbed higher above the surrounding countryside. The sheep she'd walked past on the way from the car park now looked like tiny blobs of cotton wool scattered across a faded, swayed landscape. She was still in shade as she strode up the gravel path between rocks, tufts of wild grass and neon yellow flowers. But as she came around the corner and into the low-lying sun, she was momentarily blinded. She stopped 
right in the middle of the path and closed her eyes, feeling the warmth on her face. She could hear no voices nor footsteps. In fact, apart from the wind whispering through the grass, she was totally alone. When she finally opened her eyes, she noticed a bench with a brass plaque screwed to the back of it. Rest here, weary walkers, and think of me, it said. So she did. She unpacked her flask of peppermint tea and her two chocolate hobnobs wrapped in foil and placed them alongside her. She then reached into the bag again and pulled out two almost identical enamelled camping cups, but one had Jack's initials scratched on it. If I don't have my initials on it, you'll use the wrong one. What difference does it make? She'd always say, knowing she'd get the same answer. And, as she imagined his reply, she quietly mouthed along with the words. I'm happy to share my life with you, but you're not having my cup. She poured herself a cup of the steaming hot tea and then poured a small amount into Jack's mug. She clinked it, said cheers, then looked out over the expanse below, watching birds gliding on the wind, seeming to fly for fun. Soon she was all packed up and on her way, brushing any evidence of the hobnobs from her very expensive new walking jacket as she went. She crunched over the shallow gravel for a while before reaching a rickety stile. She paused, wondering how she would find the strength to lift her weary legs over it. But, as she felt the cool wood in her hands, she was suddenly a child again and found the energy to practically vault over and onto the uneven ground on the other side. She looked ahead, the mottled grey path slowly snaking its way to the summit. Each breath she took filled her lungs with cool, clean mountain air and as that once distant peak came closer, her legs seemed to be growing stronger. Before her final push, she deviated from the path and cautiously made her way onto a rocky ledge. From there, on her granite perch, the queen of the world gazed over her kingdom. She looked up at the clouds moving quickly overhead, watching as they morphed into almost recognisable shapes. An elephant, a dragon, a smiling baby's face. But she wasn't here to stand and stare at the clouds. Her final destination awaited and, keen to be the first to arrive and have the place to herself, she made her final ascent. Within minutes, she was standing on top of the world. She took the laminated photo from her backpack of them standing together in the village below only five years ago and placed it under a large stone, maybe for someone to find one day or for her to rediscover if she ever came back this way. We made it, she said, the cool wind making her eyes run. She turned and, as other people started arriving at their peak, she started back. Later that evening, as she waited for the bath to fill, 
She could still just about see the top from her hotel room as the light of the day began to fade. With weary arms, she hung her fluffy robe on the back of the bathroom door before slowly lowering herself into water almost hot enough to boil lobsters. Not long afterwards, light-headed and famished from her adventure, she reluctantly emerged and ordered room service. She spread the bowls of olives and hummus, marinated peppers and artichokes, bread and sun-dried tomatoes out on the bed and poured herself a glass of red. But before she even had a chance to tuck in, she smiled, closed her eyes for a moment, and, surrounded by her bedroom picnic, soon fell into a deep, deep sleep.